Hi everyone, this is Matt Johnson, and you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews, and today is a little bit special. We're doing our first ever movie commentary, and joining me today is uh, Haley. Hi, I'm Matt's daughter. Yep, Haley's my daughter, and she's been on a couple other podcasts. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to watch the movie, and we're going to talk about it as it's playing. And there's going to be two versions of this podcast, one with the soundtrack from the film in the background. So if you don't want to watch along, you can kind of listen to what's happening. And then there'll be a version with uh, no uh, film soundtrack. So you can actually listen to this and uh, watch the movie at the same time. So what you need to do is you need to load up your uh, DVD or this is also available on uh, YouTube. And I'll put a link in the show notes. And uh, we're going to count down from three, and then when we hit one, you'll press play on your, f on your movie, and then we're going to just go from there. So I should probably also uh, introduce uh, where you can listen to us at. <laughs> so you can find us on uh, iTunes or an Apple podcast. Just search for Classic Movie Reviews. Or in Facebook, uh, search for ClassicMovieReviews.net, and that's all one word spelled out. And our website is www.ClassicMovieReviews.net. And we'd love it if you would leave a comment uh, in Apple Podcast or on our website. We love reading those comments, and it's uh, fun to hear movie suggestions or just your feedback on the, on the show. So, all right. So here we go. First ever movie commentary for the film Yokai Monsters uh, Spook Warfare, which was the first film that was uh, in a three film series. So we're going to count down from three, and here we go. Three, two, one, press play. And already, I, I love this opening, the way the music sounds, and there's just these two, like, torches kind of floating around in the screen. And you're kind of wondering what's happening. And then we get a... The monsters are introduced before anything else. Yeah, we get a quick shot of what these monsters are going to look like. And some really cool opening titles. So yokai monsters are monsters that are based in Japanese folklore, and they go back like hundreds of years, maybe maybe over a thousand years. And they're usually based on uh, nature, or they may be based on like where you live, kind of in the village or in your home. And they're generally uh, used to like, explain things that happen in nature. So. It's kind of like uh, integrating nature into your life in a way that kind of helps explain mysterious things that happen. <laughs> oh, this is this is a great opening as well. I really like this. It kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, the Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> 
優れた文明を誇ったバビロニアの都ウルの遺跡であるいつの頃かこの廃墟には凶暴な妖怪が眠っていて4000年たった日に Explaining about how I just realized we don't have the subtitles on this version. <laughs> It's explaining how thousands of years ago there was a yokai, or there was an apparition. An apparition, yeah. Like a, like a demon god. Yeah. That was、uh, covered by a tomb,、right. which is now being excavated. This is a great map painting right there. That really looks like they're out in the, the desert in, in the Middle East somewhere. Yeah. And they're basically like tomb robbing right now, trying to find gold. And yeah, I was already impressed when I was watching this first time about how well it looked for what I was kind of assuming to be more of a cheesy kind of special effects movie. Yeah. Definitely. The special effects are very modern and not dramatized. Yeah, and the special effects that they're using are called tokusatsu. It's called, it means special filming and is a Japanese term for live action film or television drama that makes heavy use of special effects. And a lot of it is based on people wearing like suits. To represent the monsters. Yeah, these two didn't know what they were getting into <laughs> when they opened this tomb. They found this staff, and that staff is pretty、uh, important to the monster that's going to be revealed here in just a minute. But again, I mean, the effects are really well done, and it looks like they're actually out in the desert with this giant storm coming in. And this tomb is、uh, crumbling before them. It's like a giant statue, actually. Yeah, and then this mist appears out of the tomb. And we get our first view of the bad guy, <laughs> <laughs> the, the antagonist of the movie. He reminds me of the monster from. Or one of the monsters from the Poltergeist, I think, is the movie. Poltergeist movies? Yeah. Yeah. I think it might be that movie. Another. I think they had more of those kind of monsters in the, the remake of the Poltergeist. Yeah. I was just thinking about the Poltergeist movies yesterday, how scary those were. This isn't as scary as that. This is kind of a. It's supposed to be a. Available for kids as well. Yeah. Even though some of what happens is. I was reading some of the comments saying, I thought this was a kid's movie. <laughs> <laughs> But there's some things that happen, we'll talk about them, that are definitely not kids' movie material. So this part was kind of cool. This reminds me of the movie Dracula, when Dracula is coming back from Transylvania on the ship, going to England, and he basically kills everybody on the ship. And at first, I thought maybe the monster was on this ship, but then I realized that the ship is just caught in this giant storm that the monster is making as it's flying from the Middle East to Japan. But it kind of looks like everybody on the ship gets killed from the storm. 
So right away we know that this monster has the ability to affect the, the weather. It has like special powers and can fly. <laughs> so I mean, the makeup effects are pretty good. They're a little bit cheesy, but they're the way that they just show them for just a few seconds I think is good. I also think that since later on in the film, it's done, the acting is almost done as if they're in a play. Mm -hmm. so it... Oh yeah, we were talking about that. It could almost be like, you could almost put this on as a, as a stage play. This part, I can't figure out if they filmed this on location or if it was in a studio with a giant water tank. Because look at how they have the waves kicking up. Yeah. And off in the distance is this giant storm cloud. Very ominous looking. And here we have sort of the the master of the of the village. So I guess he's like sort of like a provincial governor maybe. He starts out being a really kind, having a family day with his daughter, fishing. Fishing, yeah, just kind of hanging out. <laughs> and he's uh, watching this storm cloud or this mist kind of come closer and closer and closer. He grabs his sword, but that's not going to do any good. It's almost like there's an earthquake here. So, yeah, this monster has the ability to affect not only the weather, but maybe you know, just the natural world around him. And then the villain appears in his full form for just a second and then disappears again. seems to toy with his victims. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the monster from the Middle East there isn't actually, it's not as much of a yokai as sort of like a, an interloper, like an alien visitor. Sometimes I wondered when I was watching this if this movie doesn't represent sort of uh, Japan during the colonial period and almost like being invaded by this monster and how they need to fight to maintain their, their own independence. That might be too deep for this movie. <laughs> yeah, but this is but pretty... Yeah, this is kind of scary. I mean... This monster is unstoppable. So once he comes to attack, you're pretty helpless. Swords are not going to do anything no. to stop it. Yeah, and he's got his magical staff that basically like burns him to death here or something. It almost seems like he's choking. Yeah. 
he's using some kind of power to force. the force, yeah. <laughs> so there's kind of elements of a vampire here. He's he's drinking his blood. In most of the scenes where he's killing someone, you can tell by the blood. The thick sort of blood that they use in movies. <laughs> Each time that he kills someone, his staff gets bigger. Yeah, that's right. It's almost like he's getting more and more power. He needs these people's energy to not just their energy but their bodies too yeah he takes over he... their bodies so that was Lord Hyogo Isobe and the name of the monster is Daemon which is pretty obvious it's like a demon yeah. <laughs> oh here we go <laughs> so so here comes Lord Asobi back to join his family at the home the dog knows something's up though <laughs> something's definitely not right animals can always tell with the lord I mean they Which should kind of know too he yeah. definitely doesn't look right he's walking different he has an intense stare he looks very angry too yeah Oh. oh, and he kills the dog. <laughs> and he just, yeah, he just kills the dog. Just like, no big deal. I think these people should be having a bigger reaction. <laughs> yeah. That was intense. So, this is actually the, the demon, right? He's just, he's just appearing as Lord Asobi. And he's destroying the the altar. I think he's destroying it because he doesn't want to have any uh, other kind of religious artifacts in the house. Because I think it kind of weakens him. That was my impression. Yeah. So just imagine you're like having a nice day out with your family, fishing, and then... Your dad just kind of disappears for a little while, comes back, kills the family dog, and then just goes through the house and destroys everything. <laughs> that would be weird. She doesn't seem as scared as she should be. Yeah, I think she would be a lot more freaked out. I think they both would be. Yeah. Especially when he killed the dog. let it sort of pass. Yeah, and there's like, he's giving no explanation other than we have to destroy these, these altars. Like they're, like they're blasphemous or something. Now everybody else in the household is awake and trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, they're kind of like, what's going on? And we're about to meet our first real yokai here, which is, I think, maybe my favorite of the group. Definitely. 
So they all have different names. The one that we're about to see is called Kappa and generally lives in like the ponds or uh, bodies of water near homes. Here we go. So this is what wakes the the de demon knocks an ornament off into the pond and wakes up the kappa. And apparently, when there's water stored on the top of his head, he's he can be immensely strong. But as we're about to find out, he's no—he's still no match for this demon. <laughs> so the Kappa is able to like see through the illusion. I wonder what this movie would be like if they redid it with modern special effects. I think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, the cap is like, what the heck's going on? It would be a lot scarier as a modern movie, I think. I think they could make it a lot scarier, yeah. And so here we're seeing the staff again. And now he's going to start taking over more bodies. Seems as if he's able to be a host in multiple bodies at one time as well. Yeah, so he's not just confined to just the first body that he took over. We don't really know why he came to Japan, though, do we? They never really explain like why he is there. I, I love his. I love the Kappa's eyes move. Like that's yeah. a great touch. I think it would be a lot cheesier if they didn't have the eyes moving like that. But that makes it kind of cute. So yeah, we see more blood, and obviously the daemon is now going to take over this other body. So that's Sahiji Kawano, and that's uh, the Lord Steward. So this... They, I think they did a really good job of like using the effects that they had available to them, like that overlay there, to explain what was happening. And now, and also their eyes like have this dark, these dark circles around them when they're taken over by the demon. And they have real bad attitudes. <laughs> He's like, get get too busy to burn in those altars. More people should be surprised by the quick change of character. Yeah, I'm... I'm... Or their death stares. Well, especially, like, these two. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they're not more freaked out. They're just kind of like, oh. What is happening? Yeah. More confused than anything else. More confused, yeah. And here, we're getting more altered destruction. And the cap is like, uh, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna be cool. I gotta take care of this. It's interesting how he goes to drink water after 
getting out of the water. Yeah. Later. I, I wonder if that was to, like, get a little bit more power. Yeah. <laughs> that been for something. Oh, it was so that he could spit water at him. Which then just got <laughs> rebounded right back onto his face. I don't know what he thought the water was going to do. <laughs> and he's like saying, this is my house. you got to get out of here. Yeah, but the Kappa... Yeah, Kappa is strong. It's supposed to be strong. Yeah. So I think that's supposed to say that this demon is really, really, you know, much stronger, even though the Kappa is supposed to be strong. Almost looks like he's going to do some sumo wrestling. <laughs> Thing seems more like a live action anime. Oh, it's yeah. Really like dramatic. <laughs> dramatic and funny almost. Yeah, it's some good physical comedy here. Yeah. Because <laughs> the demon hasn't even moved yet, really. He's just been standing there. This part. <laughs> He's like going to start a fire on the top of his head by rubbing it up down on a pole. <laughs> So the Kappa has some magical abilities to to be able to disappear and reappear someplace else. <laughs> and he's gonna obviously wants to jump back in the pond to cool his head down, but then the demon turns it into a ice skating rink. And he's kind of like, oh yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> but first, I gotta get my friends. Yeah, this is some more great cinematography, I think, right here. Because this is definitely all on a sound studio stage. Definitely, you can tell by the grass. But it has a great, like, mood to it. It really does. It just really feels like you're out in the, kind of in the the woods. And and the way they have those uh, mushrooms on the the log there. Yeah, the details are and really the, good. Yeah, and the fog coming down. It's just really, like, nice... Touches. Everything looks very old here. And the music. I love the, the, the use of music in the in the movie. So something's going on here. The this this uh pail is just moving kind of invisibly somehow. And then water gets poured on his head, so Able to cool his head down. Yeah, he gets re-energized. He's like part turtle, part bird. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, just like, oh yeah, this yeah, thing is super creepy. Monsters are really abstract. 
You mean like this one? Yeah. <laughs> this is like the umbrella monster. Umbrella skin suit. Casa Obake is a haunted umbrella, usually depicted as having one large eye and one leg. This one also has a giant tongue. And then this next one is uh, Rokurokubi, a cursed woman whose appearance is generally human, but whose curse causes disturbing distensions of the neck. And then we get a few other ones here as well. So he's explaining to them what what happened back at the house. And they're incredibly skeptical. Yeah. But uh, that woman that has like the two faces, that's creepy too. Yeah. So there's a woman that has a regular face on one side and then this kind of almost like a witch's face on the other. So I think it's uh, Futu Fu Takuchi Ona is a cursed woman who marries a local miser who's delighted by her apparent lack of appetite as it allows him to save money on food. Despite the woman's lack of appetite, the miser's food continues to deplete. Confused by this, he one day decides to stay at home after pretending to leave for work that he may spy upon his wife. Following his apparent exit from the house, the woman's skull cracks open to reveal a second mouth. And her hair, once unbound, reaches out like tentacles and shoves rice into said orifice. It's not quite that grotesque in the movie. No. You're also not able to tell their backgrounds in the movie since they all appear in the same location. Yeah. This, this thing, that, that lump of flesh... Uh... It's kind of a nupepepo uh, is a foul-smelling, genderless mass of flesh with an outline of a face created into its folds of its fatty exterior. Despite smelling of decaying flesh, it's an, it's harmless. It is said that should a person consume the flesh, they will achieve eternal life. So he's rounding up other yokai at the at the. I don't know if that was a cemetery. I think it was. And now we're back at the homestead. You see, this is where he has unexplained powers, too. That he's able to yeah, kill she, her from the other room. She just kind of mysteriously passes out. It's almost like she's possessed. She's getting called over to the other room where the demon is. And that's some great like off-camera action there. You don't you don't need to see what happens. You know what happens because we've already seen it twice. So one by one, the people in the household are being converted. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Invasion of the Body Snatchers where people are being turned into like these aliens and they're just kind of going through the motions of their daily lives even though they're not human anymore. 
unlike that movie though they have a mission yeah unlike that movie they do have a mission so I'm, I'm i'm guessing that the demon wants to basically like take over japan yeah this is just the beginning of a bigger plan right and these two are trying to figure out what's what's been happening so one other one other yokai that that i didn't talk about which is an important one is that one that was kind of the round head um, that one is called it's the abura sumashi it's a reincarnated spirit of oil thieves who went unpunished in life depicted as the wise leader of the yokai group despite these traits not being based in any mythology takes a lead role and uses its walking stick and the Casa Bake to take out well we don't want to talk about that yet that gives away a little bit of the movie later but his walking stick is important later in the film did that that was kind of cool like a like a uh, force field or something almost over the room that the demons in yeah so there's some great period costuming in this film too like all the head the headdresses and the the outfits that the samurai are wearing and if you look real closely you can kind of see the line where the headdress is being applied to their forehead because <laughs> most of them did not shave their heads for the movie they just had like a bald cap on <laughs> So there. It's interesting too that the even when he's alone, the demon doesn't take over his body. Yeah, he, it's a, he, and chooses. he could have taken over his body right there. But I think, I wonder if he wants to take over everybody or just people that are important, you know, people that are in places of power. And here we discover that the body of the woman that was killed earlier and her neck is all torn up. Which also gives me the idea that he only wants to take over people that are powerful since he only killed and left her to be found. Right, didn't take over her body. So, the young the young man uh, who we were just watching who found the body of the woman is now going to go talk to his uncle who is uh, some kind of a, of a shaman or a priest maybe he's very intense though I feel like he's got some magical powers himself he must nowhere near as powerful as any of the yokai monsters that was Shin Pachiro who found the maid Shinobu so he's a priest 
And the priest knows what's going on. He knows that Lord Sobe has been taken over by this demon. That is a big fire to have inside of a, a building. <laughs> It's a big bonfire. That's a great like shot right there though, with him way over to the left and, and the priest in the middle and kind of the altar to the right. Kind of divides it into three. I really like that shot. So he's telling him what he needs to do here. He has a plan to fight the demon. Some good music. Yeah, there's some great, like, mythological themes happening here. And I, he's all dressed in white. He's got white hair. He's kind of like the white uh, wizard. <laughs> この三本の牢族を魔性の住む部屋の周りに立てろ。部屋の周りに近づけば我らの意を感じ取ろうが、この守り札を身に対しておれば魔性の力を防ぐことができる。毎日の場合は。これは。So he's got to light these three candles. And then once the candles are lit and they're surrounding him, the demon that is, then he, he needs to shoot the demon's eye out with this magical arrow. So here he is coming back. He knows, he knows now what's happening. He's pretty brave, I don't know. I'd be quaking in my boots at this point. Especially after trying to go up against all these really powerful men. I wonder what's going through his head to give him the confidence. Yeah. I think he just wants to try to like save his people, right? Yeah. So he's got to put these candles around the demon like surrounding him. <laughs> it's almost funny. It's like you kind of you kind of hope that it works, but you kind of know at the same time like this is how is this going? There's no way this is going to work. <laughs> I just love that this film takes itself like seriously, but not too seriously. There's like some playfulness to it, but it's not cheesy either at the same time. And meanwhile, back the priest is uh, chanting, doing a chant to basically invoke this power that he has to trap the demon. He's, he's chanting a destruction prayer. They look like they're like they've eaten some bad fish or something and they're not feeling well. Oh, 
What's kind of funny is that he's like sitting there with himself. Like it's just kind of one creature in a way. And that he doesn't really need to eat food. No, he's just going through the motions. He's one of my favorite parts of the movie. He's so intense. And here we have some great lighting effects to show what's happening. The lighting is coming up, going down, coming on from the side. It seems like the original demon is more powerful than the ones that he's taken over. Like, he's still sort of the original. It almost seems like he just imprints himself. Like a virus or something. Yeah. He's, and he's combating against the destruction spell. Using Which his staff. Worked, sort of on one of the versions of the demon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did. But the original demon is still too powerful. It looks like it's about 110 degrees in there. <laughs> it's got <laughs> that slowly. giant fire. Yeah. Imagine what that might be like. Mm -hmm. No windows. Would you? And, and this is where you find out that an indoor fire maybe isn't as good. <laughs> yeah. So the demon reversed the spell, and the candles went out, and it actually killed the priest. He's all burned. Okay, and then we came to another scene that's definitely not part of a kids' movie. No. It's a but... it's a family living on the edge of the cemetery. How you were saying it reminds you of the Indiana Jones movies. Mm hmm This storyline a little bit in this part. The kids having to escape. The Indiana Jones movie isn't quite supposed to be a kid's movie either. True. True. Yeah, another awesome, like, indoor set here. I'm assuming this is on a soundstage. But it's got like water, it's got, you know, hills. They've done a really good job with the set design. But man, these kids, their parents just got murdered, right? I mean, basically in front of them, and now they have to go hide. I mean, it's terrifying when you think about it that way. And now they're running off into the woods, into the cemetery. Yeah, and, and uh, I kind of wonder if they know about the yokai spirits in the in the woods, in the forest. No, I think they do because they have the yokai monsters book, which the yokai oh. monsters were using themselves to determine if the de demon was oh, true yeah. or not. That's right. They had like an encyclopedia of monsters. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a Dungeons and Dragons monster manual. <laughs> <laughs> Well, apparently, um, yokai monsters were in coloring books for kids, like back, you know, a hundred few, you know, hundreds of years ago. So, there were there were actually books of yokai monsters. And then we see Kappa. Looks like he was taking a nap. <laughs> Recovering his power. But the other yokai monsters don't believe him, right? So they yeah. haven't gone back to the to the village yet. Yeah. 
So the kids are coming in to where all the yokai monsters are, kind of hiding out. <laughs> and then they see Kappa, and Kappa's more scared than the kids are. And then the yokai monsters just kind of appear out of the bushes and whatnot. But yeah, there's a really cool lighting effect where it showed like the woman appearing. That was kind of cool. Again, it's it feels almost like a stage play in some parts. And they're saying about what happened to their parents. Uh, and they have a ward around their neck to kind of ward off spirits, and the the yokai want them to get rid of that. So now we know that the yokai monsters aren't really like evil. No. Here you can. You finally learn that they're there to help. So here's kind of the leader of the group with his walking stick. He looks like a cross between an old man and a little kid to me. <laughs> that was Abura Sumashi. Yeah, and they're, now they're considering, like, oh, well, maybe the Kappa wasn't telling us a lie. Maybe there is something going on. And then we get... These yokai are really intimidating looking. They're like part fox or something. So two more yokai just appeared, and one of them has a giant belly, which has a special power to be able to see what's happening in other places, which is kind of cool. Not what I expected when that guy appeared. No. And he's able to show them the demon. So this is the part of the movie where they're all like getting together and like putting their plan together. Yeah. I love this part of these teaming kind of up. movies, teaming up. The team is get gathering. Yeah. There's always that. There's always that scene in like superhero movies or like adventure, you know, action adventure movies, like Fast and the Furious movies. They're gathering the team. And here come the unsuspecting samurai, led by the possessed uh, steward. And we're going to get our first battle here with the yokai monsters. Some great use of fog to kind of like show the depth of the scene and to basically, they don't have to decorate that part of the scene because it's all covered in fog. These guys are pretty terrified. They know about the. They know that the yokai are here. Oh, and that giant flesh monster grabbed his leg and is eating it. Some more great lighting there on the woman's uh, witch face. And then we get the like the yokai music. <laughs> and the umbrella, the umbrella monster. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, but that's not scary at all. No. It's just funny. I like this idea that there are actually these, like, you know, monsters out in the woods that are basically representing different natural elements, I think, in a way. So in, in there's two other yokai monster movies, and there's one that really features this long-necked woman. Which, which is kind of terrifying and, and she's able to like like a python wrap around people and like constrict them with her neck yeah that long-necked woman is, is creepy she's very creepy I think they're all what did you say when you watched this? I was saying this This is kind of scary for a kid's movie and you said something like, well, you took us to Harry Potter or something. Yeah, we watched Indiana Jones all the time. And Indiana Jones. like So I would definitely be one of those parents that would be guilty of taking their kids to probably movies that would not be so appropriate for kids. <laughs> but with good stories. Yeah. Good film. I was just trying to imbue like an uh, appreciation for film. Yeah. You know? That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> oh, these two guys. So these two guys are just two, you know, local. I don't think they're samurai. They're probably just guards. Um, and they're, they're positioned to keep an eye on the gate going into the compound. And uh, they're pretty superstitious. I would One of them is very superstitious. The other one is sort of non-believing. And the the superstitious one is sort of playing jokes on the non-believing one. <laughs> but there's a, some more good physical comedy here. It kind of reminds me of like a um, Three Stooges or Laurel and Hardy kind of uh, physical comedy where they're just slapstick. <laughs> And then the guy that's playing the joke gets licked in the face by the umbrella monster. So yeah, not so funny anymore. I like how the umbrella monster looks like it's floating in water. Yeah. Almost sort of bouncing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he's found out, oh, you were trying to trick me. So now he really doesn't believe that there's something going on. Because he's like, come on, you're just you're just kidding around. And the other guy's like, no, really, there was an umbrella monster behind you. <laughs> uh, so this is the part where the, they're, the yokai are actually going to go confront the demon, I believe. This is the first. They're, they're coming to the uh, household. And they're gonna they're gonna pretend to be like this entourage of, of important people that are arriving. So the yokai monsters must have some sort of powers as well to be able to transform or take over somebody's body to be able to 
Oh yeah, good point. I didn't under I didn't really pick up on that the first time, but they do look like regular people there. Yeah. And then he looks inside the carrying, uh, like traveling carrier, and there's just one. The one guy looks in it. It's the witch face, and the other guy looks in it. And it's the beautiful side of the face. <laughs> He's like, "What is wrong with you?" Those are, there's a monster in there. No, there's not. Come on, look. There's no monster in there. So he's going to look again. <laughs> and it's the monster side of the face. And the, the other guy's like, no, come on. You're, you're just being silly. There's nothing wrong. And here we get the reveal. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They got so scared they passed out. Ah, they were using the hats to hide their faces so they would look more human. The use of kids in this movie to, like, make it seem more horrible, I think, is, like... <laughs> it reminded me of that scene in um, Revenge of the Sith when... Uh, Anakin goes in and slaughters all the younglings. Yeah. Makes it a lot scarier than when yeah. he was just killing all the important Jedi. Jedi, yeah. yeah. Ah, but the yokai make it seem like uh, they're the little kids now. So the little kids got let out of the room by one of the yokai, and then the other yokai sort of appeared as the kids. Hey. So they've infiltrated the, the house at this point. So yeah, they definitely have the ability to appear as other beings. That guy can barely stay awake. Tono, that's <laughs> It's still kind of weird to me that he's sit just sitting around drinking tea. Yeah. The demon. Like, I'm not quite sure. Does he just like tea? Yeah, just... and there's still a lot of formality with even between just the... all the men. Because she's possessed, I think, isn't she? She's one of the yokai monsters. Oh, she's one of the yokai monsters, that's right. Oh, she's, I think, the long neck one. Because he was going to... Yeah, I think he was going to, like, bite her neck here. But she has different plans. <laughs> the diva doesn't seem too concerned. <laughs> that laugh, though. That's a lot of neck. <laughs> I feel like she needs some backup here. Where's everybody else? Ah, oh, he ties her neck into a knot. That's got to be painful. So we get the two staffs. The two the two staffs are battling here. Okay, here comes the backup. 
There's about six of the yokai <laughs> fighting this one demon, and it almost seems like they're no match. Like this is just easy for him. He's not even like trying that hard. I feel like it's not. He's not even breaking a sweat. No. Yeah, he's he's basically he's basically taking them all out. He just threw the umbrella monster out through the, the wall. <laughs> I don't know. The umbrella monster really had no chance at all. So now they have to retreat. Now the the daemon's using his his power over the weather to basically get them out of there. So all the yokai get banished back to their forest. I like how they're all just so nice to each other too. He's like rubbing, his, she's like rubbing his belly. It's okay. So, uh, Shin Pachiro is going to attempt to, uh, shoot the demon in the eye at this part, I think. He's confronting him. He knows. You're not who you think, who you say are. You're not the Lord. I'm not sure she knows, though. Maybe she, does she know? I can't remember. She knows something's up, though. Yeah, she knows something's up. I think he's explaining it to her right here. Yeah. He's, he's regaining his power. Every battle you know that he's going to be much more powerful. <laughs> yeah. So it makes you wonder through the movie how they even plan to defeat him. Yeah, because they haven't really had any success at all. No. It's kind of interesting that we're seeing that fight not directly, but kind of like through the yokai. It's definitely a, like through the yokai's point of view. Yeah, and they're kind of regrouping at this point. The poor umbrella monster can't even stand up or float. You kind of feel bad for the for them in in these parts. Like they're very relatable. Oh, here comes the staff. Although the yokai are called monsters, I don't 
And they look scary. I don't think any of them are really bad. No, I don't think they're, like, evil in the sense of they're just gonna go do something like this demon has done and just take, you know, kill people indiscriminately. Okay, so this was an interesting plot twist. So he was trying to use a magical ward to capture the demon. But the demon knocks it out of his hand and it lands on the Kappa's head. And then the other yokai come over to try to help, but they're all then captured by this magical ward and put into a jar. And that's what he was hoping to do to the demon, but the demon is still too powerful for that. So now they're trapped inside of a jar, like a genie. So all their plans almost seem to be backfired. <laughs> yeah, everything they try has the opposite effect. I like the idea of all these these yokai monsters inside of this jar. And that sound effect of the, the lid, that's yeah. perfect. So he's got one thing left to try. The magical ward didn't work. Can't defeat him with the sword. But he has the magic bow and arrow. He's a good shot with the bow and arrow too. So, he held off the demon for a while. Yeah, he didn't get killed there when the demon like swiped him with the staff like the other guy did. So now we know the demon has one weakness. His eyes. So this is the part of the movie where you think, oh, he's defeated. He did it. There's always that part of the superhero movies, too. <laughs> but no, it's not over yet. There's still like 20 minutes of the movie left. <laughs> he just can't be in that body anymore. He's got to go find a new body. Which is weird how he was able to regenerate the bodies after he killed them. Mm hmm. But not this original one. No. Yeah. Well, now they're sad because that was their lord. And her dad. And her dad. So now you're wondering, where did the demon go? Yeah, because we kind of saw it coming out of the body, but we didn't see where it went after that. And the yokai can still see what's happening because of the demon, or the yokai that has the magical belly. <laughs> Maybe that's why they were rubbing his belly. Yeah, like, come on, come on. We need your magical powers. So now we get a great shot. This is definitely filmed outside. And this is the new magistrate that's coming in. Lord Iore Odate. And he's coming to replace the other lord who... Uh, you know, wasn't doing so well and now is dead. Okay, so this guy is still possessed though. Even though the other guy's not. You can tell by the eyes. 
So that's the steward talking to the new magistrate. And then here comes a storm signaling the demon is on its way. Love how it just comes up right behind him inside the carriage. <laughs> Yeah, that blood is not that realistic looking. It's hard to do blood in film, though, to make it look realistic. Yeah. And now the storm clears, and everybody's like, well, that was weird. Huh. They have no idea that their lord has now been taken over. Oh, and it's interesting that he's still holding his eye, because yeah. he's still injured. And here's the steward who is part of him somehow. And already has an eye patch for him. Yep, here's an eye patch because I knew that was you're gonna need that. <laughs> the direction to the actor there, just look really grumpy and frown a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the forest. We have two yokai that were not trapped by the ward and are outside the jar. The umbrella monster and the two-faced lady. The two that were left behind or stayed after the yokai tried to go. Help. Yeah, because I think they were they were too injured. Yeah. Or, or at least the umbrella monster was. Yeah. And here they see something's something's up. That's a that's a cool effect. Making them look like they're inside the jar. They have a lot of these different effects where it's showing what's happening through the other surface. Yeah, and then we're gonna get more of this like scale of like them being small compared to a big coming up. They're like, let us out, but they can't let them out because they can't touch the warded jar. So they need to get some some help for that. I love that they have rules, you know, and that they that the world has, is like this good world building of what the rules are within yeah. it. And the music, God, I love the music. It has themes for like the demon and for the yokai. seems like the demon is almost above these rules. Right. Which makes you wonder even more where he came from, even though they say it was he was covered. You mean in the, in the, uh, At the desert? Yeah, yeah, in the, desert. In the Middle East. Or in the desert. It makes you wonder how they captured him in the first place. Yeah. I mean, don't people wonder, like, these dramatic changes in personality? <laughs> like, what's going on? She's here. She's hoping that the magistrate's going to be there to help. Not so much. Hey! <laughs> 
Yeah, so... That's not the help they were hoping for. And I think they know that... Yeah, something's up with him now. You kind of really feel for these two, you know? Like, I think they're the ones that we're supposed to see the movie through. Is We're kind of relating to them the most in the film. Because they were right there from the beginning when the dog got killed. Yeah. And they, they don't... I've never seen with them fishing, too, where you're able to see they were having a nice family day. Yeah. Just kind of a day out at the ocean. And then everything went... Dark. And evil. So here the yokai are revealing themselves to her because they want to help and they need they need her help actually to get the uh, jar open. I like it. Her, her nose has a hand at the end of it. <laughs> I think that must be to like shovel food into her giant mouth. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty accepting of the fact that these yokai monsters just appeared. So are the kids. Yeah, the kids are... I think the kids are just sort of like, oh yeah, this is how the world works. Yeah. You know? And a lot of times kids are able to see... Like in film and books and stuff, they're able to see like the supernatural spirits yeah. when the adults aren't. That's, you know, it's a little touches like the smoke blowing out of the jar. I like, always think about somebody had to set up a fan or something in there to yeah. make that happen. He's quite animated. The, the umbrella monster is quite animated. <laughs> With his own language. Which is, yeah, definitely not Japanese. It's sort of like a slurping sound that he makes. It makes... I think this is the part where they're sort of figuring out that they need to get some help, too. Like, they can't defeat it on their own. Yep, they're going to have to get some help. It's the, now that the team's there, now this is like the, the planning of the final attack. Yeah. There's always that, there's that great scene in like uh, Star Wars or, where they're talking about how they're going to blow up the Death Star. Yeah. Or, you know. Almost sort of a pep talk. Yeah. Alright, so they've decided. Now back at the compound. He's just really, really in love with his staff. Really is. <laughs> Maybe it's where he gains some of his powers. It definitely seems like it, because right now he's using it to attack the two-faced yokai monster. Yeah, I mean, he's super. That monster demon's super powerful. Able to do that from far away. While drinking tea. Yeah, while drinking tea. And he brought the yokai right to him in, in his little parlor there. 
Here, have some of this tea. It's special. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, we're coming for you. There's a lot of tropes in this movie that I'm picking up on the third time that I've watched it. <laughs> And here comes Kappa. Kappa's not having it. He's still the protector of this house. Thing that he was swinging around there, and then he threw his his weapon, and and the daemon just made it freeze in midair. <laughs> now he's making fire. See here, you sort of see Captain Bird. Yeah, that's right. And now they're calling in all the yokai. Poor Kappa. <laughs> yeah, you got to get out of there. Disappear. Back to the back to the pond. This time it doesn't turn into ice. But. So that's a cool effect. I wonder if they did that with an overlay. Like, I wonder how they did that. Yeah. That part I could see maybe they could light the top of the water on fire. So Kappa wasn't quite able to escape the fire. No. Followed him into the water. And now we start He's to have. Defying the... elements. Yeah. He's safe as long as he stays in the water, though, I think. Yeah, the demon turned the water into ice at the beginning and fire at the end. So they're coming to attack him like second time and having no more success than the first time, in fact. Or with any different plan, really, than the first time so no, far. No, not really. So this part I thought was really cool. Look at how the background just disappeared. And it's almost like, the, I felt like they were almost in a different dimension at this point. Because this whole end battle takes place in the courtyard of the house, but there's no way they would all fit in the in the actual courtyard of the house. And she's whistling to bring in the other yokai, and here they come. And the umbrella monster was out there calling them all. That's a cool shot. How they're all together, and and I. I had to freeze frame it when I was watching it the second time to look at the, all the different monsters because there's some really cool looking ones. That's amazing that there was that many, that there's that many yokai also, and they were also able to do the costume for each. That's a lot of costuming. Yeah. And the demon is, is uh, like splitting itself into multiple copies of the original. So now they're not really sure which one is the original. And, and, and I just assume that the only way you could kill it is by killing the original. Like, it doesn't, it's not going to hurt it to, kill, to try to kill the copies. So all of the Japan yokai are coming to fight this demon. Using their magical powers to put out the fire. And they fight like an army. But... They really do. They're pretty coordinated. Yeah. 
And they're making it look like there's more of them by the way that they're doing like multiple layers of like the same image but kind of offset from itself. So there's probably maybe 10, 15, but it makes it look like there's about 50 of them. Like that one right there. That's cool. Yeah. There's one that looks like a giant Muppet. <laughs> and that looks like a cactus snake kind of too. Yeah, one that looked like a giant teddy bear there. Oh, they got it in the other eye. Yes, now he shouldn't be able to see, but... I think it... I, I thought it would die when I got hit in the other eye, but it, apparently not. Because I don't think it was the magical arrow. There's something about having to hit it with something that's magical. I'm, I'm thinking. And so he's, he's able to just cut the sword in half at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a regular sword. And they're attacking the demon from all sides. And the demon's sort of like, not really that perturbed by it. Just knocking him back. Oh, and I looked up why they're wearing those headbands. So the headbands are to, like, signify that they're uh, going into battle and that they're, you know, really focused and, and strong. But then it, it, later in the article it said, or it could just be to keep sweat out of their eyes. <laughs> it might not have any more significance than that. But I see that a lot wearing those like ceremonial headbands in like uh, older Japanese samurai movies. So now they're using the magical belly to figure out which one is the real one. Which they did, and now it grew giant. So his eye is actually okay. It didn't really, it really didn't get his eye that time that they hit it. Yeah, they weren't able to do much. So, so now this part reminds me of like Godzilla or yeah, something. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, exactly. <laughs> this is kind of cool how they filmed it too. You know, a big. Claw just picking someone up. Yeah, I wonder, do you think that they made like a giant hand, like on set? It looked, it like, looked it. like it. It looked like it, yeah. Kind of like when they, in the original King Kong and even the 1970s version of King Kong, they created a giant mechanical hand to, to make it look like King Kong was picking up uh, Fay Ray. It, it's like a kaiju. It's like uh, it's like those giant, you know, monsters in the Japanese films that were somebody's dressed up in the suit and pretending to be a monster. Yeah. And he rides the umbrella, skin suit up. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a hot air balloon. Yeah. Yeah. So here we go. He's gonna he's gonna take another shot at the eye. So kind of the leader of the yokai is, is riding up on the umbrella monster uh, toward the top of the demon where his head's at and is attacking him and they all attacked him in the eye they all got there's three of them that got him in the eye and now he's shrinking back down this is an infinity war type oh yeah 
situation. <laughs> oh my gosh, it totally is. All, all the superheroes are gathering to, to defeat the main bad guy at the end. And he seems like now he's actually mortally wounded. And he sinks into the pond. It's the first time in the whole movie that you really see that he's in pain besides when his eye got shot out. Yeah. And he just seemed to get up and go to a different didn't, body. Didn't really slow him down that much. Yeah. And now he's, he's, he's like disappearing into the water. And they're still sort of in this other dimension, I feel like, at this point. We get a shot of all of the yokai watching him disappear. And he's now floating up out of the water, and you're wondering, is he really dead, or is he coming back? What's going on? But he looks like he's in pain. <laughs> and then the kappa comes out of the water. I wonder if the kappa was doing any battling with him under the water there that we didn't see kind of off camera. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like the demon is gone, although we're not really sure if he's dead gone or just like leaving Japan like this is forget it it's too much work yeah. I'll go someplace else and then we come back to the courtyard and the way that they did the lighting here really makes you think they were in a different dimension how it was darker around them and now it's showing the buildings again yeah and the music is like the reprise you yeah. know it's, it's, it's morning the sun's coming up we're seeing all the bodies of the people that were killed by the demon. But there's nobody that's possessed anymore. And she knows it's, it's gone. Like it's a new day. We've defeated the demon. This is my favorite, just all the yokai going back to protect Japan. And look at how they're dancing and they're so happy, they're celebrating. And they're sort of fading off into the mist of the mountains. It's a really beautiful shot. It really is. It's, it's, I kind of keep thinking about this shot, it kind of stays with me. And the music, the way the music is very sort of calming and... Well, it seems like they're dancing back. Yeah. In celebration. It doesn't feel scary at all at this point. No. The sun is rising again.
Yep. And there they go, off into the distance. So yeah, I probably should uh, give you a little bit more information about the movie here. It was directed by Kuroda Yoshiyuki, Yoshiyuki? And it was based on a book called The Folk Tales of Momotaro, which is The Great Yokai War, by Mizuki Shigeru. And apologize for my Japanese pronunciations here. And the music was by C.A. Akino. And the cinematography was Hiroshi Imai. And I thought the I thought the music and the cinematography were great. Really, really good. Yeah, I was very impressed. So, what'd you think? I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was funny, <laughs> <laughs> but also had a good story that kept you interested because you're wondering the whole time how they're even going to d defeat him. Yeah. And I thought the the effects were really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I too. I thought the story was engaging. Um, so what would you give it out of our on our 10-point rating scale? 10 being one of the best movies ever made, 5 being, yeah, it's pretty good, it's average. 1 being uh Probably wish we'd never watched that movie. How can we forget that we saw that? <laughs> <laughs> I would give it a seven because I watched it three times and each time I feel like I picked up on more and um, thought it was funny and just as good each time. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. I gave it a seven as well. And yeah, I did end up watching it three times and there's something different. I picked up on a little bit different things each time I watched it so that's always fun and uh, yeah so that was Yokai Monsters Spook Warfare our first ever audio commentary to a movie uh, we probably had a little bit of uh, of the dogs joining us there at certain points <laughs> as they like to do and so yeah coming up next we're going to be reviewing a movie called Rafifi and we're going to switch that up. We were originally going to review another samurai movie, um, but we decided not to do two Japanese movies back-to-back. -back. So we're going to do Rafifi, which is a action kind of heist movie, I believe. Um, I haven't seen it, but Bob has, and he says it's excellent. So uh, thanks for joining me today, Haley. Yeah. That was fun. I got to. It was fun watching that movie again. Yeah. And uh, it's always fun just to kind of hang out together, too. Yeah, it really is. That's the best part. Absolutely. So, coming to you from North Bend, uh, this is Matt Johnson. And Haley Johnson. And we're wishing you happy movie watching. Mm -hmm.